healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin. As usual, we are happy to have you hanging out. Hopefully, uh, you tuned in uh, to our most recent episode where we took on Automatic for the People, R.E.M.'s masterpiece at 25 years. Uh, I was uh, I frequently have to go back and listen to these just for you know quality control, and it was uh, uh, for once I enjoyed hearing my own voice. <laughs> That's not something I can often say, but it was a great conversation about that uh, with some great friends. And uh, so hope you had a happy Thanksgiving and enjoyed that. If not, uh, go uh, go back in time. Redo Thanksgiving and uh, listen to that. Time machine's in the closet to the left down here. Um, this week we got another great episode for you. And, uh, you know, late in the year, as we are, this is oh, we're almost in December, the album releases slow down. We know this. Um, people want all their albums out before the Christmas rush, and uh, people want all their lists out before the Christmas rush. I've already seen stuff start to pour out, but uh, usually you miss some late-end gems, and uh, and this week is about that. Uh, first up, we're going to be reviewing the new album from Mavis Staples. If all I was was black, and you know Mavis Staples, I don't need to do any introduction for her, but if you don't, look her up. Uh, she is one of the most important uh, musical icons that we have and uh, a very important person in the civil rights movement. Uh, she teamed up a couple records ago with Jeff Tweedy, and uh, they've been trying to sort of perfect their their formula here and, and get what get what she really wants to say. And I think on this one, uh, they did it tapped into the Chicago blues, uh, which is her history, uh, with the help of Jeff's son, Spencer. On drums, and uh, and it's a remarkable album. And so, me and Marcus Dallin are going to talk about that. And then after that, uh, another remarkable album that is—it's uh, not coming out till the eighth. I'll tell you a little bit more about this. But uh, Robert Ellis, you know him—he's uh, one of our favorite people down here. And uh, Courtney Harton have teamed up for a album called "Dear John," a tribute to the songs of John Hartford. And you might be asking yourself, "Hey, who the fuck is John Hartford?" Well, uh, we got a track we're going to play. Uh, from them, and you will know the song, and uh, and it's and it's exquisite, and the album is exquisite. In fact, it made it into our late uh, late round voting for our year end list. So uh, so just goes to show, it's never too late, kids. Uh, so that's your show this week. If you guys are comfortable, you're relaxed, you got your beverage or your snack, maybe you got a cat you're hanging out with. That's our our preferred method of of chillaxing. Uh, let's head on down to the basement where we join. Myself and Mr. Marcus K. Dowling already in conversation about Mavis Staples' fantastic new album, If All I Was Was Black. <laughs> <laughs> to tie it right 
right back into the last episode. Base shit capitalism. This album is distinctly not that. You're right. You're right. Um, it might be the polar opposite. It's funny. So, so we're this is we're one away from the last normal podcast of the year. Yeah. And uh, I feel like we've talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of issues, and that's what has uh, over 300 episodes has revealed. I think to me, definitely, but maybe to you guys, uh, of what we do down here is talk about how this music affects our lives. Right. Not this, not direct criticism. We we do, and we're well qualified to do criticism, but yes. not criticism in like in, in the way. That, that maybe you're used to. And um, a big thing of this year has been talking about, unfortunately, Trump and how it's affected us, how mm-hmm. it's affected America, how it's affected music, how it's affected uh, hopefully scarred, not scarred the universe. Uh, it's everybody, uh, every artist certainly has responded to this. Every artist certainly has a, uh, responsibility to remains to be seen who is going to step up next year because i think this year this year everybody gets a pass right yeah stunned no entirely everybody's just stunned and like uh, what the fuck do i do oh my what god do we do? Yeah, yeah, yeah um which is why i'm so glad that we're talking about mavis staples in 2017 because uh this is a woman who is one of the most recognizable living like icons of the civil rights movement, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's she the best, and 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 in music in general, you know, um, born in 1939, mm-hmm. Chicago. Uh, her dad had a man, little man called Staple Singers. Yeah. You might have heard of Cleophus, yeah, Pops, uh, which Staples, yeah, Pop Staples, which uh, Rose brought her like great fame, also, yeah. Put her in the orbit of people like Bob Dylan, um, the band, the band, <laughs> everybody good. Like yeah. essentially, like they, they, you. It's not that long ago when musicians were segregated, segregated by color. Yeah, I mean, you think about that. Fifty years, yeah, roughly. That's, that's, that's not that long. Like, like, yes, yeah, it's just like the last waltz. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Fifty years. That's, that's not that long. <laughs> really- and. And Mavis uh, made it a point, and it's something she addresses on her new album, uh, If All I Was Was Black, to address a lot of these issues. Um, it is... I mean, I'll, let's sort of contextualize this real fast. Yeah, yeah. Mavis Staples remembers when America thought that Shirley Chisholm, who is a black woman, was ideally qualified to be the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. It's only 45 years ago. Yep. That's just something to think about. Like, when you think about, like, when you listen to this album, like, Mavis Staples has seen all of this before. She yeah. saw She saw Richard Nixon yeah. defeat Shirley Chisholm yeah. in a lot of people's minds. Because in the same way that Bernie Sanders didn't get the nod, yeah. people felt the same way about Shirley Chisholm not getting an opportunity. Yeah. And she remembers that because anybody who was anybody in black R&B at that era was all about that campaign. Yeah. And they were all about that movement. And that was like, and it's 72. So that's Malcolm's dead. Martin's dead. Like Jimi Hendrix is dead. Like, you know, 
right <laughs> like there's really nobody left and you got this one lone person that's like hey i'm, I'm gonna do this and everybody who was still around was like yeah we're gonna support it and it's like and she's like well you know like i i've been here and i know what it is and i know what it looks like it's not too different for what i remember mm-hmm. and that's the thing it's like it, it's it's important that you have people like this around who, even if it's not released on TRL or, you know, <laughs> like, or, or gets best new music in Pitchfork or right, whatever, right. like make an album. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a, I had a little moment at, uh, I believe it was, it was 2011 or 2012 at uh, Newport Folk Festival where she was playing. And uh, I, I was just starting to get into concert photography, which that's how I got into, I, yeah, I had to shoot Newport, and I was like, I guess I got to learn this real quick. But she was playing on a smaller stage, and literally looked through the viewfinder, and she's looking directly down my lens, and then winked at me, and I, and somehow I got the shot. But it was just it. You felt the power of this human, uh, this woman, and the joy of what she was doing. And I, I forget who she was playing with at that time. Her band was uh, a bunch of heavy hitters, clearly. Yeah, always. And and she was doing some staple singer songs. She was doing some other stuff. Uh, but By it, the way, Respect Yourself was actually the best song of 2017, in yeah. case anybody wanted to know. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I have a medium piece I wrote about it, and I'll send it to you to put in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Mavis is also my favorite vocalist of all time. Just, yeah, a lot of people's. Yeah, like, she's I know. I'm just pointing that out. Just um, to make sure that people so, know where I'm coming from. Here. So now, so now in 2017, she's back with an album. Uh, she is on Anti. Uh, at this is after this is her fourth album on Anti. Yes. Uh, did little time in the uh, late 80s, working with Prince, late yes. 80s, early 90s. Melody Cool, from Graffiti Bridge, mm-hmm. the only good thing about that film and uh, and soundtrack outside of Tevin Campbell. Okay, well. well We'll do a whole podcast about you and me arguing about Tevin Campbell, but <laughs> but 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 Prince at that time saw somebody who had had not had sort of faded out of the limelight and was like, "I can use my uh, uh, stature to, to bring this back." Into, the, and that, shout out to Prince, yeah, as always, yeah, as always. Like, um, and, and then a few albums from there, but it was it was on uh, "We'll Never Turn Back," her first album of Anti, produced by Rod Cooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of course it was produced by Raikou. Yeah, and 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 she, where she worked with people that she's always worked. This is this is her mo. Like she's like yeah. good, bad doesn't color, black, white doesn't matter. Are you good? Right. We haven't been able to do a podcast yet on Raikouter, but let me tell you guys, Raikouter is the best. <laughs> he is. He is top the, five dead or alive. Yeah, yeah. He's he is Easy. the best. Uh, and then. He switched over some, what some people consider the best, and I think in his later days, it might prove out to be this, Jeff Tweedy. In 2010, You Are Not Alone, followed up by uh, 2013's One True Vine. And then I don't think he worked on Living on a High Note, but he's back. And I wish I had looked up whether or not this was recorded in the loft in uh, Wilco Studio in Chicago, but it feels like it. Yeah. And one of the reasons it feels like it is the intimacy of this song and the directness of this song as it is the title track. So this is uh, If All I Was Was Black. If all I was was black Looking at you You might look past All the love I give Got love to give I've got 
takes Mavis Staples uh, all of like four measures, eight measures maybe, yeah, to reduce <laughs> what everything we've been talking about down into the simple truth. You know, if all I was was black, that's fine and stuff. But I have love to give. Yeah. And love, that, and, and, love and, and perspective. And perspective, but love, and that's yeah. what's important. It's crazy. Um, and coming from you, you, the whole idea of like elder statesmen is, is never, uh, it's problematic. You know, it's like, right. with age comes wisdom and all that. But someone like her who has been at the center of this, who has put her money where her mouth is, mm-hmm. not been in favor of gross capitalism, has been in favor of simply trying to make the human experience right better and not just hers yeah like that's a very important thing like hey these are the lessons that i've learned and maybe i can pass them on to you. and it it is um for an album that i was not necessarily i i mean i knew i known about it for quite a while and i was not gonna be necessarily hyped on it Right. I love Mavis, but it's yeah. just you know no, what you're it's getting. So weird, God, yeah. It's but so, but yeah. this in particular, by being very brief and sticking to a very consistent message, love is the answer. And really, in a in a way, and I'm gonna flip it over to you here on this. Yeah, no problem. Like a deep exploration of like Chicago blues. Yeah, and so, tying yeah. into that is like it it has be- it becomes one of my favorite albums of the year, totally out of nowhere. Okay, so like a thing things about the Chicago blues that people need to know. Um, Chicago's a weird place in the sense that like it was one of the places where like people who were born in the South in America when America and you know went through the Great Migration of Black people from the South, you know, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Chicago was one of those hub cities where people from Alabama, people from Louisiana, people from Arkansas. You know, people from even like, you know, like West Tennessee ended up in Chicago. And so the Chicago blues is this thing that's like based in like country story songs and like gut bucket soul. Yeah. So like the the, the key to this is that and especially talk about Jeff Tweedy and talk about his like, you know, base where he is right now in Chicago. Yeah. And so much of like Mavis's resurrection is based on the fact that she found Jeff Tweedy found her and she found Jeff Tweedy and they started working together is that so much of what he knows about producing Mavis is based in like the songs that the staple singers made at Stax. There's that in his work with uncle Tupelo with Jay Farrar was essentially uh, their music was protest music and and it was pulling from that and it was meant to, even though it, it literally is what, why we call alt country alt country? That's it. I mean right. that that was yeah. that was it. But it but also uh, introduced like it took the punk energy that they were trying to emulate, right? And and used it to address social issues through folk music a right. lot of times. So there's yeah. So there's like a dry thing about Mavis's voice that's important in this 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 as well. Like Mavis has this like husky thing going on. It's been like the voice of the most important to me voice of black music for 50 years. Like, um, her voice is iconic mm-hmm. in a way that you hear it and you know it's Mavis immediately. And uh, the, the thing about this album that makes it work is that, like, on songs like this, like, 
the mix is right in the sense that what made the Staple Singers work in 1972 as like a gospel band that had giant pop hits was that there's a way that country songs are mixed that isn't the way that like R&B songs are mixed. Right. Because R&B songs, especially in that era, because of Motown, because of chess, because of, you know, all the leading black labels of the day, like were mixed with the Atlantic, especially being that Atlantic was borrowing so much of the black, you know, yeah. genre and making scads of money at it with, you know, Aretha Franklin and the like, like the bottom end is mixed heavier than the top mm-hmm. and, the vo- and, the, and the vocal is allowed like, you know, enough space to be iconic, especially in the case of a female like, so you have, like, you know, Aretha Franklin doing, like, you know, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. Yeah. 1967-ish, which is early in this, like, era, because it's, like, 67 to, like, 77. Mm-hmm. And you have, like, this thing where, like, the bottom is heavy and the voice is heavy and the melody is kind of, like, allowed to play in there. But the thing with country songs is that the country songs are all about the melody. Yeah. And at the bottom end, is just part of the melody. Like, it's like, okay, we're not going to, like, you know, isolate, we're not going to, like, put, like, a isolation on, like, the big drum. No, we're going to let the whole thing mix and let it play and let it be smooth mm-hmm. and let it come out like honey. Smooth is a good word. Right. Yeah, and let it just come it, out like honey. It, yeah. And then with somebody's voice like Mavis, because Mavis was always the lead on so many of those staple singer songs, yeah, like, yeah. I'll Take You There and, you know, Respect Yourself, like I said, which is, again, the song of 2017. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's so smooth. Because the bottom is part of the melody. And that makes the voice sitting on top of it, like, resonate because you're hearing what this woman is saying. Yeah. So, like, every word is clear. And, like, every, and, and every word, I think, on this album is actually important. Right. Oh, it's, it's, it's astoundingly important. Like, and that's, and I think that the key to this is that I feel like Mavis knew that she had to make a record. Yeah. And I feel like Jeff Tweedy, knowing that Mavis felt like she because I always feel like the thing that makes this relationship work between Jeff Tweedy and Mavis Staples is that Jeff takes a backseat to Mavis mm-hmm. in so many ways. Oh, for sure. And when Mavis is like, I need to make a protest record, that's not actually like a protest record. In the way the Staples singer songs were like gospel records that were gospel records. I needed to be popular. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, so I'm going to sit back and, you know, like I'm going to make this record. And Jeff Tweedy's like, okay, well, whatever you want to do initially. Yep. I mean, talk <laughs> about a correct use of privilege. Right. I mean, first of all, Mavis has all the privilege because she is Mavis Staples. Yeah, exactly. Right? But there's still people who would be like, why would I listen to that black woman sing? Yeah. And if you hook her up with the whitest man yes. in, in rock and roll, Jeff, Twe- Jeff, Jeff Tweedy, the, the Wilco, Wilco, the whitest band. The whitest like, band, yes. I love them, but like, let's be clear. Yes. That's that's where they are. You're, you're going to get people who maybe never would have listened to your record in to listen to it. Right. And, uh, and that's the most important part is like, I think that she knew she had to make a record mm-hmm. because she's Mavis Staples. And the thing, if you look at the Mavis documentary that I think there's on uh, Hulu's Showtime uh, bonus app or whatever like it, it's amazing because Mavis Staples is fully aware that she's Mavis Staples mm-hmm. in a way that's like almost like wonderful to, to see because like you want like you think that somebody who's like of advanced age and of advanced level of stardom is going to have like a certain humility where they're like um I just did some stuff one day and no, she's like I'm Mavis Staples and I made some of the greatest records of all time yep. and it's like yeah, yeah. Awesome, because when you have that level of awareness, then you're like, okay, I'm making a record. 
So you better make sure that my voice yep. is high in this mix so that people can hear what I'm saying. And you better make sure that, you know, like what you're doing with the instrumentation is in line with the most iconic records that I ever made at like the, the, the biggest time of my career. And, and, and that is a good lead into the song I want to play. This is a, it kicks off the album and out song a little bit and, and four bars in, you're like, all right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, <laughs> you, you get the Chicago blues by way of Jeff Tweedy. You get the, uh, the soul by way of Mavis Staples mm-hmm. and, and you get the importance of what she's talking about right off the bat. There's no, there's no question after hearing this song, what you're in for in this album. Uh, this is a little bit. This life surrounds you Guns are loaded This kind of tension Hard not to notice Right Right. Do what you told <laughs> and put this this album on this morning because I was like, all right, get ready to do chicken glasses. Gonna do Mavis Staples. Mavis is my favorite vocalist of all time. I need to be in the right frame of mind. I've had a long week. Kevin will tell you, I've had a long week. Hey, we've all had a long week. <laughs> Where's my money, bitch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, real. So yeah. So in any event, uh, it's for the week. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm gonna listen to this Mavis, Mavis, this Mavis, and the thing is with Jeff Tweedy. Is that Jeff Tweedy and Mabel Staples working together kind of came from the fact that Jeff was like a fan. Clearly, like yeah. super aware of like the importance of Mabel Staples. And mm-hmm. Mabel's like, okay, nobody else in the, the free world seems to understand like my importance and how like the sound that like my family made is super important mm-hmm. to like the, the history of music. So Pop Staples played the, the lead bass guitar mm-hmm. on all of those Staples singles records. And there's a certain way that he played the bass guitar. It's very John Lee Hooker, like you mentioned, very much Albert King, very much a, a whole litany of great black blues musicians. Yeah. Yeah. When you hear a little, we hear a little bit, if you know the history of this stuff, if your entire body doesn't go rigid and the, the hairs on your arms stand up immediately, yep. you're is, not living. Well, and, 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 it, and it's not just, I mean, it, this is we mock a lot of times not us but in general people stuff like the blues revival and stuff and there's a lot of bad blues out there but 
these are the the art forms in order of like coming out right in that were popular in America are jazz, then blues, yeah, then folk. Exactly. And those two art forms yeah are purely black art forms. Right. Originally. Yeah. So and that's what makes folk great is that folk is a you know white take on these it black is. art it, forms. It, it absolutely right. is. It, it, it is. It is people looking at it and say, wait a minute, I can say shit about shit stuff. It's like, yeah. um, right. So I love like the weavers It was a mix of that and, and the, the traditional music brought over by like Irish. Of course. The of Apple course. Right. Stuff. But it's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But with this, it is uh, – it's a very easy tradition to hint at. It's a much different thing to actually do correctly, and it's shocking to me on this how much like Tweety as a producer gets right because this is, I mean, this is a blues record. Oh no, a hundred percent. It's like he's usually seventy five percent on the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the key to working with Mavis Staples, and and that, and, and and I'm not like sitting here saying this because I'm like trying to like you know I'm not saying this because it's like you know like empty words. Mavis Staples is actually one of like the five greatest people to ever sing music in the history of music. No, you're, you're, this, is, <laughs> this is, I mean, so I, you can't, you can't get it 75% right and think that that's okay. No. And that's been the thing with Jeff Tweedy. And it's working. not a product. That That's the really important thing right. is this is, blues isn't a product. This is real, soulful music from the heart that. You don't see like, a lot of. I'll put it like this. Mavis Staples once said, if you don't respect yourself, you're going to give a good cahoot. <laughs> yeah. Cahoot's not a word. Yeah, I mean. But because it fits in the soul of that song mm-hmm. and the humanity and in the humanity of that song, mm-hmm. in the same way that like James Brown's onomatopoeia is like legendary. Yeah. Like all of all of hip hop is based off of James Brown grunting at bass lines. Yeah, and and you know what exactly what he means. Yep. It's like when Mavis says things. When Mavis says any word, it's a real word. It's not like the the Taylor Swift album we talked about. Yeah, where a fembot like <laughs> spewed venom at Kanye West and most of men in the universe. Yeah. Like that, it's not that. It's yeah. a, an actual woman with 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 perspective and and love says real words about actual terrible things that are happening in the world. Yeah, and, and that, that's it's a weird power that's been lost in music. I think when when uh, look, everybody needs to make money making music. That if you're gonna do it, yeah, right, right? You, you have to. Uh, and and because I do not subscribe to like. Just the well, art is just out there. It can't be commodified. It can and should be commodified. Shout out to Medium for commodifying my words, by the way. Yeah. See, there you go. Because that's that's real. Like, it's a real statement. Like They're real, and that helps you out. And then you can like you, you know, can write a bunch of stuff like, that like know, doesn't mean anything. But my, once my, in a while, you'll get something. Exactly. My my phone and, bill. My phone bill, which given how much work I do on my phone, <laughs> yeah, appreciates yeah. all of that. Yeah, and and so that's that's why it it has to be commodified because uh you it gives you freedom sadly right. sadly we don't live in that utopia where you just have you can just go be a poet and then yeah, I, lived, I lived in that for like eight years and that, that shit was yeah. bogus 
<laughs> so, but uh, but with Mavis, who has success and has this, and has never lost sight of what she's doing and what's important. Yeah, and is making records now that are as vital as they were fifty years. I mean, who in music, period, like is doing that? Can you name? I mean, like, look at the the Rolling Stones are still out there, right? They're doing stuff, and that blues album was great. Yeah, but that blues album is important. That blues album doesn't mean shit, right? It's, it it is for fans. It is like, oh, sweet. Yeah, like this is going back to what they they've always been, and this is great. But but in Mavis Staples, you have somebody who is now on a major ish label, and she has she's trading on a reputation as rightfully should trade her reputation and these people believe in her to drop this super short blues album in 2017 that is about everything that we need to be talking about i'm gonna make a statement that'll blow your mind okay it's like prince empowered a lot of people yeah to make their best most soulful music out of for themselves sure. for sure like this is the kind of thing that like would have ended up on prince's website yep it's it's the kind of thing that like i think about when i go okay like where does the world go when like the great black artists who empowered other black artists mm-hmm. to make great black music and this is almost specifically an album for black people like if you're if you're if you get empowered by this and you're not black good on you you should be but if you're a black person and you listen to this record, because if the the literal name of the album is all, if all of us was black, right? So like, well, the, it, it's 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 double double edged. Yeah, it it, it is. I, right. I agree because the song yeah. we're about to play here uh, specifically it, shouts <laughs> out people who who have have a problem, or a psychological problem, where they think all lives matter is a thing. Yeah. Uh, but all the wild, by the way. But it also, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it also, it, it also does in that title target every bit of the audience that isn't black. Like, like for but but, but like, like good. Thank God for Jeff Tweedy for like taking this project on. Yeah, and God bless him because like the more black artists that we lose at the top end who have the ability to like shape the genre mm-hmm. and actually care enough to like not make money to make the right album. Yeah. There's no way there's there, right. Like, like Kendrick Lamar would not do this. No, because as we learned in Forbes <laughs> yeah. this week, he is a conscious capitalist. <laughs> oh no. That was in Forbes this week. I didn't read it, but uh... yeah, it's in Forbes. He did, he did his, his his only interview, one of three interviews he did this year was at Forbes. K dot, <sighs> what's going on, bro? Well, but in any event, it's not it? like something like Prince would have done, which would have been, you know, sitting back and being the executive producer of a Mavis Staples record because Mavis Staples' voice is important. Yeah, yeah, he would have. But and this song, I think, is important. This is a. Uh, Every time I've heard it, it struck me a different way, and I'm sure it'll do it so again this time. This is Build a Bridge.
Hollow Bridge. Yeah. Is. God damn. I, I said this. You weren't here. We were t- talking about um, REM. Okay. And Night Swimming. Right. Talking about that being a perfect song. This is one of like a couple perfect songs on this. And I'm glad to hear you giving props to Jeff Tweedy for this because I don't, I don't look. There are like three Wilco posters in this basement. Yeah, um, I've talked to Nels Klein. I, they are uh, Wilco and Uncle Tupelo, uh, and so by proxy, Jeff Tweedy are a huge part of my musical development. They're part of my development as a musician. Yeah, as far as what I want to play, what I'm interested in, but uh, that I am not like the Wilco fanboy, which is a real thing and look oh, it up. No. There's probably a Wikipedia page for that where it's a, it's a gross frat boy white. I, I can't even get into it. I used to know them like in like right. the early two thousands when like before I got into blogging, but the th- yeah. yeah, those are, those are my yeah. people. And, and, <laughs> but the thing about it is like from all understanding, my understanding of this, uh, which Jeff, I'd like to talk to you. You are you are the last person in Wilco I haven't talked no, to. He, so, he's, he's got so, it. He'd be great so, in the basement. Yeah, he would. And, and but but my understanding, and if you know their organization and know you understand why this this came up, and this project and the projects that he works on mm-hmm. does is that he's not that person. Yeah. He's a person who cares very deeply about not just the music he makes, but the music that other people makes in Chicago specifically. Mm-hmm. And Mavis being Chicago, like this is this plays into this. And if you hear this song and a lot of songs, you can. There's an easy comparison to some of the latter day Wilco stuff, which is hit or miss depending on like if you are a fan of the band, say from Uncle Tupelo, or if you were just like Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is great, and now you're a fan. So, uh, and this recontextualizes a little of that work because I realize. They can't, they they tour so much, like they're set. Is right. what I'm saying. They tour so much, and so they're taking risks by making stuff that you just don't expect them. And so listening to this made me feel a little bad for not appreciating something like the whole love, where they're doing these old staple singer type songs. Right. Somewhere it's getting fucked up where they don't commit to it. Yeah. And that's that's probably where I'm not. But not it's hard. It's hard it. to commit to this because this is really hard music to make. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, it's it's not it's, easy. It's, it's direct. Yeah. It has a message. It is a message that's in opposition to what people just people just want to hear music to like. Everything's gonna be okay. Can I just chillax? Can I get get along? And this is not that. This yeah. is this is directly confronting the issues at hand today, and doing it with. The voice of a legend. Yeah. So, so one of the things that's just really hard about making Mavis Staples records is that um, Mavis has a way of like singing a, a, a lyric that's like right on top of the, the the point, but at the same time, she's also got like so many subcontexts that are up under it that like it's almost like she sings it, it hits it. Then she smothers the whole point, and then you can't like, and then you're sucked into it as well. Yep. So, like, um, give me an example. Like, um, say, let's do it again, mm-hmm. which is a, is a, is, a, is a slow jam. Yeah. It's it's an actual sex ballad, mm-hmm. and the thing about Mavis singing it is that she nails 
the the vocal because your voice is so husky. Yeah. And it's like, let's do it again. And you're like, oh, we're going to have some sex. And then on top of it, because your voice is so husky and it's got like the pain of the slave trade and like, you know, 400 years of agony and depression in it. Then it's like, let's do it again. Oh, does that mean that we need to like reinvigorate the African-American protest movement? You're talking about all over again? No, let's do it again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, like, does that mean we need to reinvigorate the African-American protest movement? Because it's the early 70s and... You know, like all of our leaders are dead, and does that mean we need to do that while having sex? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing is like then she she when she mentions the All Lives Matter movement in this song, you're almost like hit over the head by it. Yeah, in yeah, a way, you or you're literally hit over the head by it. But at the same way, you're like, does that mean that I need to be like more vocally against these people? Well. It's it's because it's a clear statement, right? And it's like but it's, but it's, so many fucking just weak ass like people in the public eye try to tiptoe around that, right? And and she just flat right. out says, "Until you can recognize me, yeah, as a person, fuck you, yeah, your life does not matter, right?" But the the idea is that there's an honesty in that, in like saying the thing flatly, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you have like soul in your voice when you yeah, do it, no, it's and that's the difference. Again, it's authority. Like, it, again, to go back to the Taylor Swift record, and mm-hmm. again to go back to like the Chainsmokers album, and mm-hmm. all these other like quasi white guy, white girl, young people, soulful ish music that has come out in 2017, of which there's tons. Yeah, even black people are making soulful ish music for white people. Yeah, shout the future. <laughs> you know, like. People that are doing this, you know, like I, that's I will a thing. Not shout out to Future, right? Not but, on a not on a podcast with Mavis Staples. Come on, <laughs> no, but I'm just making a point. Yeah, like there's a thing about saying what you mean in such a flat way that it just hits like a like a like a mallet, and then because of like the fact that it's Mavis saying it and her voice is so warm that you almost feel like you're not being hit by anything. Yeah. It's like light as a feather, stiff as a board. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. Yeah. You know, and, and then all the stuff we've heard in 2017 for the most part, is just stiff as a board. There's no light as a feather anywhere involved. Huh. It's just like, bang, look what you made no, me do. No, it's just, it's just the truth. It's like this woman. But there's a way this, of delivering this, the truth. That's this, what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. You but then this woman who has not just lived through stuff, she has lived it in her life and 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 put it forth as as a human being. Yeah, and her just saying, "Nah, y'all." It's the it, God. Even 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 deeper to talk about like you know current pop music in the midst of this conversation. So like "Wrecking Ball" by Miley Cyrus. Yeah, is one of the all time last ten years ballads. Good, bad, and different. We can have an argument about it. I'll be right. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. It's the fact that she's able to like touch into that thing that's like, I actually cared about Liam Hemsworth, mm-hmm. and my heart was dropped to the floor. Right, right. And you're like, oh my god, that's why that song works, and that's the memorable song, and why nobody remembers Twenty Three, which right. is a pile of butt trash. Like, it, you're like, okay, like that's that's the crazy notion of it, and very few people do that now. But the thing about Mavis is that Mavis comes from an era where black. Okay, so 
an era of Mavis. People need to contextualize her career to understand why this album hits the way it hits. Mm-hmm. Like this was an era. This was an era where like young black people were making millions of dollars, like on the regular. Yeah. For like the first time ever in all of American history. Yeah. Like just tons of young black people, like Mavis Staples and all of her sisters and her father and you know other people on the stacks label like Isaac Hayes and you know like you know Johnny Taylor and Luther Ingram and Rufus Thomas all these guys are all making just millions of dollars they're all just driving around in the most fantastic of cars they're all wearing the most opulent of clothes yeah they're all I, just I living mean, the most like yeah. incredible of lives and so that's all they know and they're just like yeah okay cool well we're living these beautiful lives so we're just going to be honest like why not yeah. Because, and we're going to say this from love because we love what we're doing. Yeah. Because there's a love in what you do when you like get to say like the most honest thing in the world, where you get to say, respect yourself, black people, and somebody gives you a check for a million dollars. Yeah. And you purely said that from like a decent place. Mm-hmm. You didn't say that from like, you know, what is it? Base shit capitalism. Yeah. Base you shit didn't capitalism. say it from there. You said it from like, hey, respect yourself, black people. Life is going to be okay. Yeah. If you have respect. And then somebody gives you a check for a million dollars. At that point, your whole life has changed because you're like, wait, if I keep saying this, but it's how, but it it it, it became and, and is now, and this is the I think the point of this album is how you use that opportunity. Yeah, and and we, you know, if and you want to talk about trap, there's <sighs> there's certainly uh, abs. I, I do like abs take on it and like. I got to take care of three kids. There's money on the <laughs> table, so I'm going to fucking do that. Yeah. Uh, or but, in Future's case, like 33 kids. Oh, my God. It's a collection of children. Collection of children, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you, it's something you, you simply don't often see in uh, the regular pop or rock sphere. Right. Of people who are given this opportunity to say things. And simply yeah, because, Adam Levine is not going to do this. Right. Simply simply because they don't have to like struggle or anything. And the fact that she is still here, first of all, is is a gift. Uh, and the fact that she is not at all concerned from the sounds of this of making something anything less than just true is is fantastic. And it, and it is there's there's two albums I didn't know. We're going to talk about one of them after this because uh, the year's coming to an end that I didn't know I needed. And w- this is one of them. And then the other one is Langhorn Slim's Last Volume 1. <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a and fucking album. Yeah, and, and, and they're similar just simply in the fact that people brave enough to just make songs about their truth and and be have the conviction to convince you that their truth is the right truth right and that like but the thing about mavis is that uh, what's crazy about this album is that mavis knows all this okay so like mavis knows that all this stuff works that's the the genius of this album is that like mavis is not singing from like a place of like like kendrick lamar who's like she's not testing the waters. like we're gonna be all right or so i think right but I still need to go make this Taylor Swift check. Yeah, I just need she's to not do that. testing the waters. I just need to do that to make sure. And, and that's but she I, knows that, it works. That's what I'm saying. Is it's that great. Is that so? She has her career. Yeah, she, we cannot even begin to speculate on her like financial situation. But if you if 
the point is she doesn't reduce it to that. Yeah, anything after a piece of the action, she's she's good. The only way this <laughs> like, the only way this album is a win is is that it is basic human truth and it's something that people need to like internalize and get and go forward and preach it. Yeah. So so retroactively, I'm gonna tell people that like if you listen to this album because you like Mavis Staples. And you're a person that listens to the Staples, and you listen to this podcast. You never listened to this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Go find Aaron Abernathy's album Dialogue. I agree because well, and, retroactively, this will make all the sense of the world to well, you. We well, listen well, to it. So, so, and, and that, that's good. And, and we'll wrap it up with this: in that, uh, Ab did the same thing. Yeah, Dialogue by Aaron Abernathy this year is uh, exactly what she's doing. The, the difference is, is that. Ab does not have who, who full disclosure. Ab is a good friend of ours. Yeah, Ab does not have the what we're assuming financial security net. Right. Ab is is doing all this because it is the right thing to do. Right. And if you hear dialogue, you will be changed. Right. Just like I think, if you hear this, you'll yeah. be changed, and you'll at least think a little differently. Because it's not it's not pop it's it's a uh, it's a serious statement about who we are as human beings and not just in America just uh, just period from a woman who has the authority to like tell us yeah I was I was when I listened to this I I called my mom and I said you know Mavis Staples put out an album she goes Mavis I'm like yeah I'm like you know what it sounded like she goes what I said your mother my grandmother. Telling us to act right, and she goes, "Oh God, yeah, that, that's exactly like I'd imagine that's what that's exactly what that is." And I go, "Yeah, it's like my my grandmother yep. getting on a record and being really mad at everybody, yep, and not being." And, and so the thing about my grandmother, this is a, a key point to like close on, because my grandmother would have been, uh, let's see, she was born in nineteen twenty nine, so. In 2018, she would have been uh, 101. Wow. Or 91? Yeah, she would have been 91. My grandmother would have been 91 years old this year. So, uh, next year. So, yeah. So, it's like this 91-year-old voice who's lived and seen the world, Mm -hmm. seen the whole thing. Yep. Knows better. Yep. <laughs> Just saying, uh, hi everybody, how you doing? Like Mavis is ten years younger than my grandmother. Yeah. So that's just, that's what made me think of it. Like you're like, okay. So I've seen all of this like multiple times, and I know what the actual answer is. And the actual answer is to get up and do something about it. And I'm actually going to tell you what to do. Now, whether you want to do something or not doesn't matter. But I'm just going to tell you what to do anyway. Yep. And and that's that's the I think that's the easiest way to look at this record. Yep, I think you're right. I think it's a good way to close it. So, go out and get this shit, people. We don't do ratings, but but we, we do do endorsements. <laughs> yeah. This is, I think, this your is Yeah, go out and get this shit, people, and then uh, you'll hear about it a little more on the year end podcast because it is it is easily one of the best easily. albums of 2016. Easily top ten. So, all right, thanks, brother. Gotcha. Oh, when I cry.
Made of Staples, if all I was was black, is out now on Anti Records. I highly recommend you go out and get that shit. I picked it up on vinyl right before Thanksgiving and uh, spun it all through dinner. We had our family here, and it was uh, it was good. <laughs> it was very peaceful. Uh, even, you know, the the thing, I don't know if we pointed it out in this, that, that is remarkable about Mavis is you you think about the term civil rights and nobody uh, sort of espouses those values and educates about those values um, uh, while remaining more civil. You know, at the end of the day, it is about understanding simply that uh, being treated well and, and treating your fellow man well is a right. It's it's not just a right. I think it's the way the world is meant to work, and so does she. And uh, the the grace that this woman has 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 operated with over her entire career uh, is astounding. And and is always um, she's an inspiration. She's a light, is what I'm saying. So uh, get that album. It's out now. Before we get out of here this week, I wanted said I want to introduce you to uh, a few. Great musicians that we know of, and a song that you definitely know. Reintroduce you to that, and so that's what we're going to do here. Uh, Robert Hartford, uh, many of you may know his name, many of you may not, was a, a guy, a folk bluegrass musician operating um, in the 60s and, and 70s. And uh, he he uh, he was part of, of what became Newgrass, and, and it's what that is is the popularization of, of bluegrass music and, and infusing that complexity into traditional folk music and and he also went so far as to uh sort of play around with pop a little in his songwriting um and what came out were songs that had been covered by artists uh for decades now and celebrated and worked their way into sort of the american songbook uh the song we're going to play today is off of uh robert ellis and courtney hartman's new album uh dear john this is a collection of songs by John Hartford. Uh, the, it's just duets, just the two of them. Very sparse instrumentation. And uh, and what they have done is sort of reworked uh, a song that uh, probably Hartford is most famous for, Gentle On My Mind. When Glenn Campbell, who passed this year, did that song, uh, it was at the height of sort of schmaltz country. Uh, but he uh, even covered in strings and, and buried in that very uh, showy... Thing. You could you could get the heart of that song. What Robert and Courtney have done now is strip this back to uh, sort of what uh, the 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 guts of it, and, and it's beautiful, and and the album as a whole is beautiful. So um, rather than geek out on it anymore, I'm just going to play it for you. Uh, here you go. This is Robert Ellis and Courtney Hartman's take on John Hartford's classic "Gentle on My Mind." Your door is always open and your path is free to walk That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch And it's knowing I'm not shackled by forgotten words and bonds By the ink stains that have dried upon sunlight 
That keeps you in the back roads by the rivers of my memory And keeps you ever gentle on my mind It's not clinging to the rocks and ivy planted on their columns now that binds me Or something that somebody said because they thought we fit together walking It's just knowing that the world will not be cursing or forgiven When I walk along some railroad track and find That you're moving through the back roads by the rivers of my memory For hours you're just gentle on my mind And the junkyards and the highways come between us And some other woman crying to her mother Cause she turned and I was gone I still might run in silence Tears of joy might stain my face Summer sun might burn me till I'm gone But not to where I cannot see you walking down the back roads by the rivers flowing gentle on night. I dip my cup of soup back from a gurgling, crackling cauldron in some tree. My beard a roughened coal pile and a dirty hat pulled low across my face. Cupped hands round a tin can I pretend to hold you to my breast and find That you're waving from the back roads By the rivers of my memory Ever smiling, ever gentle on my mind
Something's on my mind. Uh, Robert Ellis and Courtney Hartman's take on that. That is gorgeous. That song is, no matter who does it, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. But that that in particular, uh, it's a nice nice late year treat. And uh, truth be told, that, that album is now on my uh, year end best of. So how about that? You'll get to hear it on December eighth, uh, dear John. Uh, to the songs of John Hartford, and uh, they're doing a little tour. So maybe I'll put the show notes in there, and then you can go out and see them. Not coming here to DC. If they wanted to, though, uh, we could put you guys up. So, so Robert, if you're listening, uh, come hang out, play these songs for us here in Washington DC. That is it. That is our podcast for this week. Or this Monday, uh, if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. Leave us a radio or a message there. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, and Stitcher. You can always listen to us on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com. And uh, there you'll also find the new trackings section that is sort of back up and running. New music uh, every day or so. Uh, you should try to get four or five tracks every week. That some you might have heard, some you might not have heard. Uh, get you get you a little more exposed to some music going on today. You'll also see the fantastic work of Matt Condon, Mauricio Castro, and Avery Junius. They are out there uh, doing our live coverage, and they are absolutely killing it. I I haven't got the tally yet, but between I know Matt and Mauricio, easily I, I'm going to guess uh, somewhere three to four hundred shows. Um, we're we're going to have to add it up, but that's astounding. Uh, uh, and that talk about a lot of work. Um, and if you want to support that, you can actually do that by uh, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, which is ch- uh, Patreon slash Chunky Glasses. I think is the address. We have it in the show notes. Uh, and what that is is it's it's you can uh, basically donate for however much you want, and you can do it by podcast, you can do it by week, you can do it by day, uh, by episode, whatever you want to do. And all that money goes to all uh, our staff, our volunteer staff, and then uh, and sort of rewards them for their hard work, and uh, they deserve it. You know, they I I do all this because I apparently there's something wrong in my brain and I cannot help it. Uh, but they do all of this because uh, they love uh, music, they love what they do, and uh, and they all work really hard and they are amazing. So support them is what I'm saying. Um, Coming up on Thursday, I think we're going to be talking about uh, another album that has made my year-end best-of list. Spoilers. Uh, Langhorn Slim's Lost at Last Volume 1 came out of nowhere, and uh, and it is quite the exquisite piece of music. So Eduardo, Marcus, and I are going to sit down here and talk about that. And then we're rounding out the year, I think, with uh, at least for album reviews uh, on the following Monday with uh, Chris Stapleton's From a Room Volume 2. Now, we talked about Volume 1 earlier on in the year, and this book ends it, and this sort of lands us at the end of the year talking about country, uh, which I quite like. And then uh, and then it's... We'll get a little weird one there, a little filler, and then uh, on to the year end. So we're almost here. Almost done. Thank you guys for tuning in this year. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, we're going to be back soon, so uh, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you in a few.
<laughs> 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 Kenobi.